Welcome to another episode of the South Florida Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast, brought to you by the Entrepreneurs Organization of South Florida. I'd like to welcome to the studio today Armando Martinez of Spider Boost. Welcome, Armando. Thank you for having me. On behalf of EO South Florida, I'd like to really congratulate you for your ranking in the 2014 Inc. Fastest Growing Privately Held Companies in the United States. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about SpiderBoost. So SpiderBoost is an advertising agency that uh, focuses on digital advertising. We are um, what's called a programmatic uh, advertising company. That basically means that digital advertising has matured enough to where there's a lot of predictability when it comes to uh, acquiring your target audience and, and getting in front of your target market. And we use uh, code and software and Google and we work a lot with Google directly. We're one of the largest Google partners in, in South Florida. And we work with them directly to acquire clients for, for, uh, for our clients themselves. Excellent. What motivated you to launch SpiderBoost? Um, I have a lot of experience uh, working since I was 16 years old. I, I worked retail for nine years, then I worked for a couple of different um, Inc. companies, if you will, or Fortune 500 companies, actually. I worked at AT&T Advertising. I worked at Office Depot, uh, corporate headquarters. And I, I, the, the opportunity for growth and for fast growth, if you will, um, was not there in those companies when I worked there. And I didn't really like that. I felt like I've, I knew enough about m my trade and who I was and what my core strengths were that I, I needed to go out on my own and, and try to see what I could do. And here we are. There seems to me that there would probably be a lot of competition within your industry. Uh, what's unique about Spider Boost? Wow, there there is definitely a lot of competition in, in this market. We 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 deal with having to all our clients get hit up by companies in India and the UK and South America trying to trying to take our clients away. So so that's one thing. Um, and then in the United States, of course, advertising has been around for forever. Uh, so what's unique about SpiderBoost is the fact that we, we are, everything we do is based on, on factual numbers. We don't deal with having the prettiest picture or coming up with the most creative idea and the best creative pitch for presenting a company. We identify who we're, who we're targeting um, and we use real data, statistics, a lot of statistics. And um, we target those people with, with software and get in front of them. So, so it's a lot much lower risk, your wasted ad spend is also way lower um, and it works, more importantly. We have a lot of clients in, every, in pretty much every industry, um, from accounting services all the way to hotels and resorts. And the formula is the same. It's, it's really applying a lot of statistic and economic theory to uh, a matured digital marketing world out there where we're able to really hone in and, and get the, the ideal customer for, for our clients. Interesting. When you launched, did you have a detailed business model? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. When I launched, I, I knew that the opportunity was there for, for really working on the web world at the time. You know, it was just the dot-com world. And, and maybe it'll get adopted and maybe it won't, maybe it'll be, but it was growing really rapidly. And that was really what uh, attracted me to, the, to this market as a, 
an economics major, I, I know that you know the, the opportunity for growth, it's, it's much easier to get in there um, when it's at the, at the early stage. And I got in at the early stage. How did you secure your first client? Um, so I was uh, very good at, uh, at, at doing website presentations and I, I've been Google certified since 2006. So I know how to drive clicks to websites, right? And so I did that. I, I did my own advertising, had a small budget, and um, they saw my website. They were impressed enough to call me and have them pre and present face-to-face. -face. I went there, presented face-to-face, -face, and um, a day later they called me and said, hey, we need a contract for, for your fees. My fee at the time was $12,000, and I had no contract or anything like that. I wasn't formally structured, but I knew what I was presenting to them was strong. And it was the right solution for them, and they did too. And it turned out to be a, to this day, they're still my client. That's excellent. Yeah. So early on that very first account or, or subsequent account shortly thereafter, how were you able as a startup to establish credibility? Uh, it really was, it fell on me. You know, I wasn't really selling a company. I wasn't really selling a service at the time. I was selling my skill set, my education, my understanding of their product itself. Um, that, I think that's what it was. It's just the fact that I was already preparing myself. Interesting. When you launched your company, um, how were you able to finance the startup? Um, so I, I, through my experience, uh, after I graduated from, from school, I, uh, at 24 I was making a, a six-figure salary um, as, a, as a sales rep in Miami. And I, I was able to save up a lot of money. Um, but that also allowed me, uh, I worked in advertising um, for those few years where I was making uh, that salary. It, it allowed me to be in front of a lot of other entrepreneurs and business owners. And I impressed a few of them along the way that I, I, you know, I came up to them and said, hey, I need you know, a, a first round investment, I need to get an office, I need to get business cards. Presented them what I thought was necessary to, to get off the ground. And uh, I got it. So the follow-up question is, again, you're one of the fastest growing companies in the United States. How have you been able to finance the growth of your company? Uh, so that's actually a very good question. Uh, we've done it on our, on our own, uh, but it all comes down to me. Uh, I take the hit, if you will. Instead of making the six-figure salary like I was, I went down a few years, I was making under 50. Uh, under 50,000, everything that we were bringing in, I was reinvesting back in the company, reinvesting in talent, reinvesting in growth. Um, and so everything that I brought in, I, I reinvested right back into the company. Great. You mentioned talent. Yeah. It's a tough environment to yes, attract top-tier talent. How do you do that? Well, the first thing uh, that I did was, was to have a key player in the office that, that could manage the people, right? And it, I'm very fortunate to, to have a, a younger sister that is also educated uh, like myself and, and very aware of her environment and, and hard worker. And so she, she was going to law school and I, in New York and at the time, and I told her, hey, look, I have this company, it's taking off. Take a break, come down and, and work with me. So she came down and worked with me and she managed the actual talent that we had sitting there and working and made sure that they, it was in our best interest, everything that we're doing, how they spent their time. So that key player was, was 
uh, allowed me to really set the foundation for continuing to go and grab other talent that I could not micromanage. Um, the, the second part to that was when I started in 2010, the real estate uh, market just crashed completely. And there were a lot of talented people that, that did a lot of creative work for uh, major real estate developments that were now out of a job. So I immediately went out and recruited who I thought was the best. He started working with me um, and I filled in, in advertising. There's a lot of different uh, cornerstones that make up a good advertising agency, right? You have the creative, you have the account managers or account director, which is my sister. Then you have the media buyers, which is my expertise and my, and my skill set. And um, I grabbed what I thought was, I surrounded myself with people that were smarter than me in those industries. And I surrounded myself with somebody who had my back from, from, from go, which was my sister. And she had a, a tough time growing into that managerial uh, position, but in no time we, you know, we were able to really set the foundation for, for a, an up-and-coming company. Having a family member in your business, did that create a unique set of challenges with a family dynamic? Not at all. It, it, not at all. It's, it's helped us grow a lot together. We've we've been close from since since I was since she was born. Um, and like I said, she's she's very smart, and it makes it a lot easier when you're working with smart people. Sure. And she's uh, down to earth, and you know, so it, it, it never had a, a challenge. If I needed, if I was short on payroll, the first person I would go to would be my sister, and she would understand completely. Um, and, and that also allowed me to say, hey, okay, it's okay. It's, she's helping me out. I have somebody there that can really take a hit in the short term so that in the long term, we all benefit. Great. What is the most creative or unusual sales tactic that you've ever used? The most creative or what again? The most unusual or creative sales tactic that you've ever used to acquire a new client? The most creative or unusual, wow. Um, I think as a creative agency, everything we do is pretty creative, but I would tell you that the most creative way of that I've done it is really, it's nothing really creative or out of this world, it's just proving your worth, and we've, we started with lower tier clients, and we started making them a lot of money. And um, those type of testimonials and that word of mouth gets around really fast. So I, I don't think there is a creative way or any magic formula for, for getting a single sale. There is no such thing in, in advertising. We're very black and white, you know, we give you what you're looking for. We're very straightforward and, and we deliver. And I think the, if, if you said most unusual, I would tell you that in this market, the most unusual thing we do is that we actually come through for our clients. <laughs> Have you ever turned down a client? Yes, all the time. Why? Uh, a lot of times there's, it's not a good fit. There are um, a lot of companies, a lot of business owners who have never worked with an ad agency or with marketing people. And um, they, they, you know, sometimes their expectations are not something that I think are achievable at, this, at the level that they're in. Or it could be that they're extreme micromanagers or it could be that they think that they are the creative person, the media buyer, and the content writer. And a lot of times that does not work. So I'm able to, that was the hardest part of, of establishing the company, is really getting the right client and the right 
um, the right fit for us. Not everybody's going to be a, a good fit. So as a fellow entrepreneur of more than 25 years, there's been many a nights where I've woken up 3 o'clock in the morning in a cold sweat thinking about a problem that I have to solve. Sure. What keeps you up at nighttime? Um, controlling growth, it's, it's really what keeps me up at night. Uh, like I said, I turn on a lot of business. And controlling my reputation, controlling the timelines and deadlines that I have for clients, those are easy. The, the hard part for me, it's really, where do I want to go next? You know, I've, I've had what's considered considerable uh, good fortune and uh, considerable success. Obviously, I'm, I'm part of this, uh, of this group of the fastest growing companies. Um, but what keeps me up at night really is what happens next. I'm, I am a very proactive person. And I really like to think about all my different options. I play a lot of poker. I play a lot of uh, all kinds of different mental games, if you will, that allow me to think about different scenarios. And what happens if I go with that, or if I go with that, or if I go with that? So much to the point to, to where you know, I've, I'm still single. I've, <laughs> no, no, I haven't been able to keep a relationship because I'm so focused on the next steps. Of course. Well, let's talk about next steps. Yes. I'm going to give you some magical powers for a couple of minutes. Okay. I'm going to put in front of you this amazing crystal ball. Sure. Go ahead and look inside the crystal ball and tell me how the business climate will change in the next five years and how that will affect your business. In the next five years, um, the business climate as a whole is going to change in a, it's going to be a lot more like accounting than it is um, creative. It's going to be a lot uh, of numbers. And when it comes down to everything that we do now as a, as a society in the United States is tracked. Uh, whether you like it or not, whether you accept it or not. Uh, it, when you go on Facebook, I know exactly what music you like, who you're friends with, where you like to go and eat, um, what your preferences are. When you go on Google and do searches on the internet, I know if you looked at a million dollar house or a $200,000 apartment. Mm -hmm. I can identify all that. Mm -hmm. And it's really be becoming more of a more intelligent, more, more controlled market. Um, it's a little bit scary because we know so much about each other's uh, world and, and personalities and likes and dislikes that it's, uh, but it's not a bad thing. Uh, the people that are in charge of keeping track of, of this data and the people that actually have control of this data are very responsible, very successful. I'm talking about Google and Facebook, of course. And, and these companies are not going to release that information for anything other than marketing purposes. And so I think, you know, in five years from now, uh, we'll be able to say, all right, um, this is what I sell, this is why I sell too. It's going to be very aligned. It's going to be a lot more um, organized and more controlled. Interesting. So you're a very impressive entrepreneur. Thank you. I would like to make a $1 million investment into your business. How would you deploy those $1 million? Uh, the first thing I would do is, is definitely open up uh, offices um, throughout uh, the United States, what I consider key markets for growth. Um, this is in, in the advertising world. Um, there it has to be a constant contact with, with the client. And that is not something that I can do being in Miami and go to and in New York, have a client and expect them to, to achieve the best they can be 
without being in front of them. So it's really important to have that, um, that office near their office. And, and I would open up key markets and, and again, find the talent. And, and now that I have a team that has been with me for over three years, I have, I think a lot of like military terms, right? I have my, my generals ready to have their own little groups of people that they're going to train and bring them up to par. So that I already took care of that part from a, uh, from a strategy of talent point of view. The, the challenge now is just having those locations so that I can go in and say, look, this is what we did for the accounting firm. This is what we did for the theme park. This is why it worked. This is how it worked. And this is how I'm going to hold your hand throughout the whole process. So I would definitely open up key markets and, and go get them. <laughs> Great. What one word describes Armando as an entrepreneur? Um, one word that describes me as an entrepreneur. I, w I would say that uh, very controlled actions. I really definitely take the time to, to think about everything. I've had, as, as you're aware as an entrepreneur, I've had so many different scenarios from clients not paying me uh, to where I could say, oh, I could go sue them and try to get that money and, and different, a lot of decisions as a CEO really affect the rest of your life, not just as a business owner, but, just, but as a human. Sure. Your opportunities for work afterwards, your opportunities for, for just being a good person in society and who you connect with. And in advertising, especially in this market, word of mouth is, is, is huge. It's a, Miami's a big, South Florida, it's a big market, but everybody's interconnected somewhere, somehow. So for me, it's always been about controlled actions. So you mentioned not getting paid or other issues like that. It's a part of business. Who do you go to when you want to discuss solving problems or brainstorming ideas or, or, or guidance or mentorship? Who's your sounding board? Um, a lot of my clients, uh, it's, it's one of them. I've had the opportunity to sit down with, a, uh, I've, I've had hundreds of different entrepreneurs work with me over the past four or five years. So I've always seen problems that are similar to the problems that I face. And I've gotten to see how they solved it, whether it was right or wrong, what they did right and what they did wrong. Sure. And I got to learn a lot from that. And I've become very close with a lot of other uh, business leaders, and thought leaders, and, and I really, when I go and present to them and I tell them how to fix their problem, I'm doing it from, uh, from experience that I did with other folks or from experience that I did with my own or from case studies that I read or, or any information I got my hands on. So it, it, I, I have a very unique educational system in that I only deal with business leaders, um, with people who have, who have a great responsibility. When you own a business that has any employee, let alone 50 employees to 1,000 employees, you control where they eat. they eat ramen noodles or they eat steak, right? All this analogy in the world. And I want my people to eat steak. So I make sure that before I do any, any, make any decisions or do anything that could affect their ability to have a good life, I, I figure out the different sort of outcomes and I've been able to really apply that across all the different 
clients that I've had. Interesting. Briefly, what is the boldest move you've ever made in your professional life? Uh, starting a company on my own. By far, that, that's, uh, I was making a, a six-figure salary. I was 24. I had the, the BMW M6 convertible. Um, I was living, I'm still living in South Beach in the condo overlooking the ocean. I had it made. I was playing golf in good shape, um, you know, dating beautiful women, Miami, dating beautiful women. I, and, and I left that lifestyle. I said, you know what, this is almost too easy and it's really, I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied. Um, and why am I not satisfied? My brain power. It's telling me, you go use your brain, go do something. It's, life is not about going and helping somebody close a couple deals and going and playing golf at 24. It's like, no, I'm not going, I'm not going to do this. And I, and I said, you know what, um, I can do it better. I can do it better and I'm going to do it better. And I went out and started my company and I've, uh, I've helped a, a number of companies out of bankruptcy. I've helped a lot of companies grow into Inc, uh, Inc, Fortune, whatever different levels that they've got into. And, and I've helped a lot of people get job promotions because they hired me and they, I made them look smart and make, made them look good because that's, we did our job. That's wonderful. Thank you. Final question. Sure. Tomorrow morning you wake up and let's just pretend your company is no longer there. What is the next company that you're going to start? <laughs> um, the next company that I was at, I wouldn't tell you. It's that <laughs> good. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Armando, I want to really thank you for coming out to our studio today and sharing time. Uh, very inspirational. On behalf of EO South Florida, again, congratulations for earning your rank on the Inc. 2014 fastest growing companies in the United States. And thank you so much for helping to foster an entrepreneurial spirit in South Florida. Thanks so much. Thank you. Be well. That's all for this inspiring episode of the South Florida Entrepreneurs on Fire. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. For more information about the Entrepreneurs Organization of South Florida, visit www.eosoflow.com.